you need to send the right offer to the right target at the right time. And it's still true today in digital marketing. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about marketing, but a different take on marketing. Everybody, there's a bunch of stuff that falls under that umbrella, but there is a one approach that is almost like black magic to many of us out there. How do you tap into word of mouth marketing? So we're lucky to have with us today, JP Clement, CEO of Boomtime. JP, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chad. So always start with an odd question just so our audience gets to know our guests a little bit better. And, and considering the year we've all had, I figured I'd start with, you know, what's, when you look back over this past year and all of the changes uh, that we've all experienced, you know, what's the largest lesson you've learned? Well, yeah, we did learn a lot of lessons last year, I think, uh, <laughs> overall as a, as a country, as a company, as an industry. So look, I think, you know, what it, uh, really this year taught me is that you need to be nimble and you can't give up. A lot of our clients and, and ourselves, you know, have, have been facing uh, tre- tremendous challenges, but, um, you know, through our ability to do self-assessments and look at, you know, our position in the marketplace. We've been able to be very nimble and actually take advantage of some of the uh, curveballs that uh, this year has been throwing at us. And, you know, I think this idea of like never giving up is really critical too and goes with being nimble, you know, trying to find the best way to answer some really, really serious challenges. And, uh, you know, I think we're all as an industry going to be better off by the, the time this is over. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, the, you know, by being able to focus on, you know, the things that we do well and our strengths and weaknesses, understanding those and, you know, being able to adjust to, uh, to those. And finally, you, you know, saying that, you know, there is, uh, you know, there is always a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I think uh, this is uh, some of the key lessons that I learned this year. Yeah. And, and I think there's something in there that's really worth highlighting. It's just that self-assessment part. Like, can you be truly honest with yourself and understand where you and your business are and can you pivot and what's necessary to do that? Do you have the strengths to do it or do you need to bring in some assistance to do it? So I think those are great. Really appreciate you sharing that with the audience. And so let's talk a little bit about uh, Boom Time. Give us a little bit of context around the agency and what you all do there. Yeah, so Boomtime uh, has been around for about 10 years, but uh, in several different versions. <laughs> uh, so we're kind of in the Boomtime 2.0 right now, uh, but you know we had a 0, uh, 0.0 uh, version and then a 1.0 version, a 1.5. But we really focus on uh, digital marketing and especially watermark marketing for businesses that have a small ad- addressable market. So anywhere from a thousand or a couple thousand to a really topping around a hundred thousand potential clients and also that have businesses that have a high CLV, uh, so customer lifetime value. And this is where our sweet spot is and what we do best is servicing those businesses in, uh, and doing water mouth marketing for them. Uh, we've also built our own uh, digital platform, which, which we call Fuse. It's our brand name for it. And the Fuse is what we call a marketing as a service digital platform. And it, it allows us to do marketing and digital marketing in a very efficient and effective manner, also in a very dis- disciplined way. 
So my whole team is lives and breathes, you know, and does everything on Fuse. Uh, so it helps us with a lot of different aspects of our business, but also makes our campaigns better and more efficient, which means that we can spend more time doing strategy and really uh, interacting with our clients. And also we can price ourselves at levels that are more affordable for uh, small and medium-sized businesses, which, which is our, really our focus. And so when we talk about, you know, this concept of word of mouth, there seems to be a lot of people will define it differently or approach it differently. So let's, let's dive into that a little, little bit. To me, when I hear word of mouth, it's maybe there's an Instagram influencer or, you know, some people are into the TikTok, this is not my gig, but some people are into, into the TikTok or I see something somewhere that a, a friend or somebody that I follow or pay attention to is talking about, and again, it could show up in a social media feed, could show up in a, in a form I'm in or something like that. Is that how you're defining it? Or is there a different level of, of definition that, that you all operate off of? Yeah, we, we kind of have our own definition of what enough marketing represents. So for us, uh, although it integrates and involves some of the elements that you talked about, but for us, it's really about, you know, generating top of mind awareness for our clients in their markets, for their audience, and creating uh, content and distributing that content in a way that creates, you know, that top of mind awareness, but also improves their authority in the marketplace and the familiarity with people and the level of comfort that people can have with them. And, but we do use tactics that generate that kind of word of mouth, such as, you know, we do a lot of work on LinkedIn, for instance, we do a lot of work with email marketing and, uh, and create a lot of content uh, that represents our, the companies that we, uh, that are clients to make them, you know, these kind of uh, thought leaders uh, in in their target market, w- with their target markets in their industry. And so we're talking about the the concept of creating someone as a thought leader. That's a, it's a really crowded space, right? And especially since everybody's gone <laughs> so digital <laughs> in the last yes. nine months, have you seen kind of di- a difference in, you know, effectiveness of platforms or particular types of places that you're, you're using, or maybe an increase in the amount of effort or, or content that has to be created? Have you seen any appreciable change as a result of the fact that everybody's glued to screens now almost 24-7? Yeah, definitely. There is, it's a very cluttered uh, market uh, and there is a lot of competition out, out there for any of our clients, really. You know, a lot of our, our customers used to go to trade shows and conferences and now they can't and they can't meet their uh, clients one on one and have face to face, you know, in-person meetings. So obviously, you know, and that's, that, that cuts across, you know, a lot of different industries. Our clients are in uh, probably uh, about 20 different industries. So, you know, we, we, it's it's pretty general. Um, so yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, of competition out there for attention and awareness, and that's and the way we cut across that is by you know generating really great great content, generating a lot of content, and not just you know by content we just don't mean the written word by podcasts, videos, and there are a lot of uh, digital marketing tools in our quiver that we can use to uh, generate that deliver to create content and deliver that. Uh, content but we also rely on some true uh, uh some very you know tried and true tactics like e- email marketing which people tend to forget about because email marketing has been around for a long long time but uh, you know if you look at the numbers from the industry email marketing is still one of the one of the highest ROIs in digital marketing that you can get as a company. And, uh, you know, your email list is one of the 
a most underutilized asset that most of our clients our clients have. Right. So we do focus a lot on that and people tend to forget about it because it's kind of like, you know, there's always a new shiny new object in marketing, in digital marketing that you, you can use or that people are pushing or a, a new digital marketing trend, right? But email marketing is still a very, an, an amazing tool uh, that, you know, people tend to forget about, as I said. So we, we use that a lot, which enables us to have, you know, to deliver better results and, and I think, and, and cut through that clutter that we were talking about. The other thing that, you know, we, we've seen work really well, uh, where there is a lot of uh, competition too, but uh, where, you know, the tools that we have at our disposition at Boom Time and also the experience we have with, with the medium really help and it's, that's LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn has basically become this virtual 24-7 uh, trade show, right? And you can think about your LinkedIn profile and your LinkedIn company page as a trade show booth. Uh, where you can, you know, talk about what you're good at, showcase your your goods and your services, and so on. And and your mar- your target market is on LinkedIn. So it, you know, it's just a way. Uh, so how to use LinkedIn to maximize really those that top of the funnel um, activity is, uh, I, I think, is one of the best ways that we found to get people to uh, and companies to uh, to pay attention to our clients. And, and so let's dive into that a little bit. So when we think about all the different types of content that somebody could produce from, you mentioned podcasts and videos to white papers, and and I've even seen some, uh, they look like animated shorts to me, although I'm, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure somebody actually drew them. But like you, you, there's a whole bunch of different types of content that you can use out there. And then you, you cross that with a platform like LinkedIn, where mm-hmm. I love the description of virtual um, you know, virtual 24 seven trade show. Love that. I'm, I'm going to steal it. I'll attribute it to you, but I'm going to, I'm going to steal <laughs> That's it. That's fine. It's yours. <laughs> but when, you know, when you look at that in kind of the way the world is today, are you finding that there are certain types of content or positions or tactics that work more effectively uh, when you approach that platform, approach LinkedIn in that virtual trade show way? Yes. So, you know, if you look at market statistics and, and analytics, you know, you'll see that, you know, especially in the uh, social media space in general and LinkedIn in, in particular, video marketing uh, is or videos are one of the most important tools to get your target market to engage. Podcasts are probably an audio the content is probably the second one, but at the same time, those are pretty difficult to uh, generate, right? So, you know, uh, as you very well know, putting together a podcast, you know, uh, sounds easy when you take a look at it from the yeah. inside. When you actually are doing it. It's not that easy. We do a lot of podcasts for ourselves as well. And maybe I'll return the favor and have, have you on one of these if you want, but that would be fun. But, uh, you know, and we do also videos for ourselves and our clients, but, you know, those things are, are difficult and expensive. So, you know, the written word is something that shouldn't be uh, totally discounted, although it is less effective overall on LinkedIn and some other media, uh, social media channels. So, yeah, so some, some type of content works better than some other types of content. But I think, you know, com- I, I would seriously encourage companies to look, at, to look at how their industry works, right? Some industries are better suited to video content. Some industries are better suited to more, you know, return word type of uh, content. So, you know, I think that you need to be, you know, to look at the overall trends and what's working, what's not working. And there's tons of statistics out, out there that tell, tells you, you know, ex- exactly that. 
but at the same time, I think you know you can you need to be a little bit more industry specific and look at you know what your peers are doing, what your competitors are do, doing, and what seems to be working or not working. And uh, I think that's a huge point, right? Make sure you understand how what content resonates with your industry uh, versus just kind of a shotgun approach, which we see all the time. And it makes it harder for people to connect to that. In my experience, I mean, when I stuff ends up in my feed or I get sent stuff that it kind of misses the mark. It almost has a, I don't want to say negative effect, but like a numbing effect. Like I just don't pay attention to that individual or the, or that company that's, that's missing the mark in terms of the content that they're sharing with me. In fact, I may even go to the point where like once a quarter I'll go and like unsubscribe from, from email content that doesn't work for me or unfollow people that aren't providing the type of value that I'm looking for. Have you seen uh, an increase in th those types of things where people are getting much more, protective let's say of their digital time and their digital landscape oh yeah definitely look i mean we're bomb bombarded with <laughs> content of all uh, of kinds and all uh, all levels of quality too and so you know what we do for ourselves and by the way uh, at boom time we we test everything we do and we have a uh, you know a program in place where we tried a bunch of things on ourselves first just to see how it works because you know we are in the sense of our own client and we are also what we do for other businesses is very similar to what we do for ourselves so there's a lot of synergy there um but so you know we so the quality of the content is is is, is critical but as you said and we've been we've been talking about the uh the relevance of that content to your audience is critical. I mean, one of the first things I learned in marketing is that, you know, you need to talk to your audience <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, understand what, what they want to hear and how they want to hear it and where they want to hear it, at what time they want to hear it too. Uh, we, we had this thing uh, back, in, back in the day where we, uh, for direct marketing via snail mail, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but you say you, know, you, you need to send the right offer to the right target at the right time. And it's still true today in digital marketing. And we, you know, we, I have to kind of, uh, you know, remind my own team that, you know, we need to talk to people uh, in a way they're going to understand, pay attention to, we need to know our audience, and which is, I think, very critical. And so, you know, the people that do that are the ones that get across that, uh, you know, mass of information being thrown at, at uh, companies uh, on a regular basis. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, it's 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 super critical. Um, and so again, you you know, understanding your audience, knowing where where they live, you might be in an industry where you, you know the average uh, the average age uh, of uh, of the person that you're targeting, you know, in your target market uh, is really high. And in that case, you know, they're probably not on mobile, right? They're probably not watching a lot of video. They're probably reading some articles, but you know, uh, and so, so on. So I, th I think understanding that is is very critical. Um, and um, and also lo and, and looking, you know, you know, at uh, industry data and see what works, what doesn't work. And you know, there, there's a lot of data out there, and people tend not to take the time to do their own research um, and really, you know, familiarize themselves with the uh, the dynamics of their market. Well, and let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I think the data is a really interesting component, especially to me as a huge advantage or, or benefit of, of doing things in a much more digital way. But if I'm, you know, let's kind of extrapolate, if I'm a, a CEO or a CMO, are there specific metrics that my team should be providing to me that would translate into my business focused brain, like things that I know are able to attribute 
to the bottom line or the top line. The one that comes to mind and I hear an awful lot is, you know, CLV customer lifetime mm-hmm. value. Um, and you, you can start to track that, but if I were a, a, a CEO or a C-level executive, what kind of metrics out of my digital marketing, what would, what would the top three be that I should be maybe paying attention to? Yeah, again, you know, at this, uh, risk of sounding a little bit wishy-washy and not very uh, and non, non, non-committal here, you know, it's going to vary by industry and by company based on your objectives, your, your position in your marketplace and, and, and so on. But uh, overall, you know, one of the things that uh, I've, I, I try to um, make sure that we talk about to every single one of our clients is like, you have to understand what the key KPIs are for your, your business and especially when it comes to digital marketing for your digital marketing campaigns. Um, and so, you know, and the, again, those KPRs are going to vary quite a, quite a bit, but what we look at um, mostly for ourselves and for our clients, because it tends to apply and cut across different industries and, um, you know, the uh, part of the, the, the life cycle where your company is and the uh, competitive uh, marketplace position. Um, but, so one thing we look at is conversion rates, right? So have, have the number of people that you actually are reaching, you know, how many are you actually getting into your funnel, um, which is critical. So, you know, you can look at, uh, and we focus ourselves at the time on the, on the top couple uh, stages of the funnel and then hand over those leads to our, our clients for them to turn into uh, sales qualified leads. But, you know, that, that, that conversion rate is really critical. And you can't just look at the absolute numbers, right? Because, you know, if you have an addressable market of a thousand people, if you're reaching, you know, a hundred by only one converts, it's not horrible. If you are, your addressable market is, you know, in the tens of thousands, you know, if you contact, if you can only reach hundred and only one of them, so the absolute numbers don't make a lot of sense. Uh, you have to look at the conversion rates versus your addressable market. Um, so that's, that's one KPI, I think, that, you know, people need to take a very hard look at. And that translates, of course, in return on investment on your campaigns. Uh, CLV is definitely something that people should be looking at. But, you, you know, that's, that's more a little bit in terms of what we do at Boomtime. It's not something we spend a lot of time looking at because... You know, um, this is something that we, we uh, you know, our clients have to know about. And, you know, we're more about, as I said, filling up the top of the funnel. So, but, you know, you'd be surprised, by the way, at how many companies have no idea what their CLVs are. Um, <laughs> it, it's frightening. No, it, but it's it frightening. frightening. No, look, it's a, it's a different, it, it can be a difficult measure to get your arms around, but it's it's critical and it's amazing that so many, so few people actually think about it in those terms. But you know, in terms of the top of the funnel, there's uh, other there's another uh, measure that I think is important is engagement. So engagement can be measured, you know, depending on your uh, you know your tactics uh, in digital marketing in a number of different ways. But you know. How many people open your emails? How many people click on your emails? How many people uh, interact with the content that you put on LinkedIn? In our case, you know, things that we do a lot, lot, lot of. All that engagement um, is super critical to measure because it gives you a sense of first, you know, is what you're talking about or uh, distributing to your target audience uh, resonating or not? You know, is it working basically? And then, you, you know, are you basically projecting the right image and and are you con- conveying the right type of information that then takes those that engagement and tra- trans- transforms that engagement in actual market qualified leads? 
Okay. Um, and so when we talk about you know, market qualified leads and that top of the funnel aspect of it, how are you, or how are you working with companies to define exactly what an MQL means? Because I notice in a lot of companies that we work with marketing and say, Hey, here's an MQL. And then it's got to pass through a stage where it maybe becomes a sales accepted lead. And there's a huge friction point there oftentimes around what is a lead and, and what isn't. So I'm curious how you help organizations def- define the MQL side of that. Yeah, so for us, uh, honestly, it's through a lot of conversation. So we have a very, um, very set onboarding uh, process for our, our clients. And as part of that process, we ask them a lot of questions. We basically try to learn as much as possible about their business and put our, and so we can put ourselves in their shoes and act as a team member as opposed to just being a vendor and an agency to them. So we spend a lot of time discussing those very things with them and, and trying to uh, define what a, an MQL is and also what the value of that MQL is because we track everything that we do, we measure everything that, that, that we do. And you know, I really believe that if you cannot measure it, you cannot manage it. And therefore, for us to see the value of what we're doing for our clients and the effectiveness and efficiency of our um, marketing campaigns, we need to know. We, we need to have some 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 benchmarks. We need to have some goals, some actual uh, you know number of goals, uh, some analytics that we can track to, and we can monitor the uh, the um, the effectiveness and the efficiency of our our campaign. So we go through that process, and it's really a kind of a you know a lot of conversations about you know what constitutes an MQL, how do we you know, and how can we recognize those when we do those campaigns for you as a client. And so, yeah, there's a lot of this, this discussions there and a lot of data, uh, data gathering and knowledge gathering that goes into our, 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 our Fuse platform and then helps us create the better the campaigns that perform usually better than campaigns that, you know, uh, someone, someone else could have done or, you know, that campaigns that we do without the, take, taking the time to do, go through the process. Got it. Excellent. All right. So let's, let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. First is simply as a CEO, that makes you a prospect for many people that are out there. And I have no doubt uh, you, like many of us are, are getting inundated with requests or, Hey, I can help you with this, that, or the other. Always curious to know, you know, if somebody doesn't have a trusted referral into you, what works the best when somebody's trying to capture your attention, uh, earn credibility and write to time on your calendar? <laughs> yes, that's a very good question because uh, I face that, you know, as uh, one person doing that to other people too. So look, I think what really works with me and I think works in general is related to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is I want people reach out to me to reach out to me in a way that makes me think that they've taken the time to understand who I am, what I do and what my pay points are. And some companies do that. Some people do that very well. And some people don't, <laughs> a lot of people don't, <laughs> a lot but of to people me, don't. That's, that's really what, what makes, you know, me, what's made me pay attention and say, Oh yeah, I'll talk to that person. Right. And so we do, you know, I get a lot of uh, requests like you just mentioned on uh, LinkedIn, for instance, and you, you know, 95% of them, I say no, but sometimes there's one that comes through that is very either more personable or talks in a, in a very um, uh, personal manner uh, or a manner I can relate to very easily about some of the pain points that we have uh, as an agency. And so to me, that's what's cut, that, what, that is what cuts across that gigantic clutter of, uh, of requests <laughs> and, and really makes me pay attention. 
um, and, and we try to do the same for ourselves, you know, with our, our clients. We try to be very personable, to do our research, to know what we're talking about, and to understand what pain, uh, pain points they're facing. Perfect. And so, all right, last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell marketing professionals or sales professionals out there, one piece of advice you could give them that you believe would help them hit their targets, what would it be and why? Do your homework and talk to your audience, you know, things we talked about already. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's the only way, especially in this uh, day and age where you're going to be able to really accelerate your, uh, your processes, especially in sales and business development. You know, you need to know exactly what the situation is in, uh, with your target market. And uh, you need to know how to talk to those people. Um, and those two are incredibly closely related. So that's, uh, I think that's my, my advice. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So I can't thank you enough for, for being on the show. If, if a listener's interested in learning more about Boomtime or, or yourself, where do you want us to send them? Well, the best way is probably go to our website, boomtime.com, B-O-O-M-T-I-M-E.com. And then, you know, it's easy to find me on LinkedIn. I have a pretty big presence there. And uh, uh, so if, you know, anybody feel free to reach out to me. At, uh, it's, uh, so it's JP Clement, and that's my LinkedIn uh, username as well. Excellent, JP. I can't thank you enough for taking time to be on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, uh, Chad, thanks for having me. I'm glad uh, we could come in this chat. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.